Hello, hello. Joy is your compass. And Jesus is your destination. That will never get old. Amen? Today is a day of celebration, and I didn't have to even look up to see what the day is because it's New Year's Day, right? Today is a day of celebration. Happy New Year. Happy 2023. Amen. And look at all of you non-party animals in the house. I really appreciate you. You're awesome. I, you know, when I saw the schedule, I, usually I don't do the first of the month. When I saw the schedule, I was like, I'm the one that will not be ringing in the new year. <laughs> Which was, I was, I was okay with that. <laughs> Happy New Year. In counting our blessings, as we like to do, um, Pastor Marlon and I, we went away a couple of days this week, you know, to uh, close to Hocking Hills, you know, um, to just be alone with each other and with God and to set, you know, goals and um, vision for the new year. And we, we were a little cheap about it, you know, as far as where we stayed this time. Um, and this is where we stayed. We stayed in, in, in this can you show that picture of that beautiful, look at that beautiful, don't, it's not beautiful, it's, it's not, look at that little camper that we stayed in, yeah, I'm not sure where the blessing is yet, but I know it's there somewhere, <laughs> I'm just not sure, but it's there, that little airstream is where we stayed, so thank you, Jesus, for that. <laughs> They ain't doing that anymore. Yes, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> uh, thank you, Lord. Okay, let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for this new year. There is nowhere else that we would rather be than right here in your presence together at the beginning of a new year of big fun. Because you are a fun God and you are gracious and giving. So, Lord, we surrender this time to you, Lord. I surrender myself to you and pray, God, that you would have your will and that you would speak. Open our ears, God, to hear your word, our spirits to receive it and digest it in the name of Jesus. Amen. We have a new declaration for the new year. Okay, so let's look at that. Hebrews 4.16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. And then we say that um, as a declaration, so we say it personally. Like, um, we come boldly, right? So when you say that verse, and we're going to say it every week, put yourself there. Say it, it's you. You come boldly. And, and if you remember a few weeks ago or a month ago, you know, we talked about grace and mercy, right? Mercy is God giving us what we don't I mean, mercy is God not giving us what we do deserve, right? We deserve judgment, but his mercy replaces it. Grace is God giving us what we don't deserve. Well, God, I didn't tithe all year, but I sure do thank you for that promotion. Grace is God giving us what we don't deserve. Amen? Amen. Well, we all just got done celebrating Christmas. And many of us, you know, had family over, you know, we cooked a meal, set the table. And then right when we're getting ready to eat, we notice that there is an uninvited guest. We all got, this didn't really happen, okay, by the way. Um, yeah, this really didn't happen. We'll call him third cousin Joe. So, you know, you look and you're like, 
There's third cousin Joe. What's he doing here? He wasn't invited. Nobody, nobody invited him. And here he comes, just walking in your house. He just grabs the seat, pulls the seat up at your table and starts digging into your food, being rude and obnoxious. That's why nobody invited him. And then he's insulting your cooking. And you just ignore him because, you know, you're one of those nice Christians that say he just needs to see the love of Jesus as he continues to be rude and obnoxious and nasty and he smells. But how long do you let it go? How long do you let him be there and be like that with his nasty self? But we nice Christians allow the uninvited enemy to sit at our table far too long. God has prepared a table for you, but it is a table for two. It's a table for two. You do not have to allow the enemy a seat at your table. This week, this past month, when um, I was reflecting on this past year, you know, and then envisioning and setting goals for the new year, as I was reflecting on this past year, I was like, man, this was a busy year. Like, I was super, super busy this year. I had a lot, lot to do and a lot of responsibility. And I am a very structured person who loves order. I prioritize my day. Sometimes I prioritize my hour. Like, I, I love that. And so you would think that I should have been very overwhelmed with all the responsibility, you know, and the added stuff that I had to do this year. But honestly, I wasn't. Like, God was so gracious to me. Like, he sustained me and he kept me balanced. And I was very thankful for that. The, the goodness, the goodness of God far outweighed all the attacks of the enemy. And then as I was envisioning the new year with Pastor Marlin, we knew that, you know, our goal was to grow. Wanted to grow in, in knowledge of the Word of God and learning and, and in His presence. Um, so, with that in mind, I was like, well, that is going to require more time set apart for that, to be, you know, uh, intentional to set time aside. So, if last year was busy, this year is going to be even busier, right? So, and we know that at any time you decide to devote time to God, the enemy comes stronger. He's like, you can't do that, right? He so, I anticipate His attack. And because I anticipate his attack, I want to be ready for it. Because it is always better to win the battle of the enemy's attacks offensively than defensively. You get that? So I went before the Lord and I said, Lord, where in my life, where do um, I need to grow in my spirit offensively um, in this upcoming year? And he said, your mind. He said, he's going to come at your mind. He's going to come for your thoughts. Don't give the enemy a seat at your table. I read this book um, as I was studying specifically for that when the Lord told me my mind, and it's, um, that's the name of the book, believe it or not, Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table. <laughs> it's a wonderful book. I loved it. But what I enjoyed most about it is the passion that it gave me um, for Psalm 23. And, and Psalm 23, like, Seriously, you could preach one scripture every Sunday. In fact, I'm going to preach on one scripture, believe it or not. This is my bestest, funnest script, uh, message, by the way. I enjoyed it so much. Uh, so if you need to use the restroom, you might want to go now because it's big fun. <laughs> Psalm 23 is an amazing um, 
passage of scripture, but we're going to focus on uh, verse 5 because this one scripture is so powerful that I promise you it will grow your faith as it did for me. So let's read Psalm 23 together. We're going to start from the beginning. Don't freak out, it's only six verses. <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Man, this, this beautiful psalm from King David just reflects his trust and confidence in the Father. And he refers to God in the first you know, four ch- uh, verses as his shepherd. And, and God is often referred to as the shepherd. And then in the New Testament, Jesus is often referred to as the good shepherd because they, he cares for us. He cares for us and, and, over, and, and protects us. And then in those last two verses, though, God is the host. He's the host preparing the table for you. To prepare means to arrange, to set an order, or to plan which means that God was intentional. God was intentional preparing the table for you. And the table, you know, the table is a spread out meal, right? It's not some chicken nuggets and french fries. Like, it is a banquet table. And then um, before you means face to face. Face to face. Now, when Marlon and I were uh, first met, we, we, you know, when we first started dating, we knew we were in it for the long haul. Like, we weren't just kind of, oh, let's just casually date. No. We were like, we're dating to get married, so everything out on the table right, at, right in the beginning. Like, we didn't hold anything back. And early on, I was like, I don't like to cook. Like, I really don't like to cook. Like, really, really don't like to cook. So, if cooking is something that you need a home-cooked meal every day, I am not the one for you. Thank God it wasn't, right? (laughs) Because here he is, because I still don't like to cook. (laughs) He would have had chicken nuggets and french fries and pizza. But that's not what the banquet table is that God has for you. He has abundant overflow of everything that you like and everything that you need. And then that face-to-face, that uh, before you face-to-face, is God is there. He's not just letting you in, but he's going to sit and dine with you. He wants fellowship with you. He wants you to gaze into his eyes so you can see his forever love for you. And remember that says, for you. So that means he's intentional in preparing your table. So your table is going to be different than mine. Because what I need today is not what you need today. Right? My wants, my desires are not yours. So your table is going to be specific for you. So let's take a look at my yummy table. What has God got for me today? No way. 
He has my brand new, you ready for it? If you've been here for a couple of months, you understand the importance of this, charcuterie board. <laughs> that I got for Christmas and I said it right. It even says it on the board. It tells me how to pronounce it. It's so cool. Look at, I got grapes. Those are pretty good too. Oh no, could this be espresso? A little bit of cream? One stevia. Just the way I like it. I love this. He knows me. He knows me. Look at all of this provision. Everything that I could want. But you know what's most important is not the provision, but that there's two chairs. Because the provider is sitting with me. The provider is dining with me. Because the provider wants to fellowship with me just like he does with you. He knows you. What else do we have over here? Oh, see, when you, when you dine at the table, you, I mean, when you linger, let's say that, when we linger at the table in the presence of the Lord, you find everything that you need. So I find that I have some joy for today. God just knows what I need for the day, right? When you linger at the table, you find peace. And I find truth. And then when you linger at the table long enough and you dine on the word of God, you've got to eat the word of God, you'll find things that you need that you don't even know you need yet. Let's see what we might need today. Let's look at Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So I wonder why I'll need courage today. The Lord knew I would need courage because he knew the enemy was going to throw snowballs of discouragement at me today. But because I lingered at the table and I ate and dined on the word of God, they had no effect on me and they missed. Right? That's what happens when you eat the word of God. And do you know what else you can do when you linger at the table? Is you share the provision. You share the provision because God is not stingy. There's more than enough. And you can't hoard it. You can't save it and say, well, I'll use some tomorrow or the next day. No, God wants you to come back to the table tomorrow. So it's meant to be shared. When when the Israelites were in the wilderness and they were hungry, God said, I'll feed you. But you only take enough for today because I want you to trust me that I'm going to feed you tomorrow. And when they didn't trust him, it all turned to maggots. So it's meant to be shared because there are going to be times where I am going to be discouraged, that I'm going to be down, that I'm not going to be able to get back up, that I'm going to need you to share some of your courage with me. It's meant to be shared. When me and my um, sisters, (laughs) we were young, 
My parents used to make us, they used to be so mean when we were young. We would have to sit in the kitchen and eat while they sat in the living room and watched TV, right? How rude. And we had to eat all that was on our plate. And, and it wasn't like it was a lot of food, but me and my middle sister, Tammy, we just didn't like mom's cooking. Like, it was not good provision, you know, so we did not like to eat. <laughs> but we would get in big trouble if we threw it away. You, you had to eat your food. You had to eat your food. My older sister, Robin, she was just so protective of us that she would try her hardest to eat our food for us, but she couldn't eat three meals, but she would try to eat what she could, but there was still food that we just couldn't eat. So one day, we thought we were clever, and we took our food and put it down the register. <laughs> day after day, we put our food down the register. You know, this was an old house that had those registers where you could actually fit a body down there. You know, so we were just like, we don't know where it goes. We're kids. But it, it opens. We, let me just tell you, that did not go over very well eventually. <laughs> because it wasn't good provision, Mom, sorry. But this, this is everything you can imagine. This is everything you can imagine. And he wants you to share it because you just don't know. See, Pastor Monica might need some courage today. But I've been lingering at the table, so I've got plenty to share. Just a couple of weeks ago, I was at the door greeting one of our dear lovely sisters. She came in with her head down. And I said, ah, good to see you. And she said, I said, oh, I said, how are you? She said, I'm here. Oh, and I knew why her heart was breaking. I knew what she had been going through this past month. And I just, and I grabbed her hand and I just looked at her. And I said, no, you're great. And she just smiled, but her head lifted. So I wouldn't stop. And I looked at her again closer. I said, you are fantastic. And she said, okay, you're right. I'm fantastic. That's how you give away the provision, but you have to sit, you have to linger, and you have to dine on his word and his presence. I am not always filled with God's goodness. He'll tell you. I am going to need someone to share their courage with me at some point. Every message that I preach, I've told you over and over that it is for me, always for me. We share our provision when we linger at the table. We have enough because the Lord has prepared a table before you. In the presence of mine enemies, that means in front of, in sight of. And your enemy is anyone or any, anything that attacks you or opposes you. And of course, we're not specifically talking about people. But what this would look like is, I'll sit at this chair, it's easier, so I don't fall. Yeah. So you're sitting at the table, you know, with the Father, and all of a sudden you look and you're like, oh, I see my enemies all around me. I see depression. I see anxiety. I see fear. God, what's up with that? This was supposed to be our table. This is a table for two. I don't want them there. I didn't invite them. Why did you invite them? Why are you letting them here? And he says, just look at me. Just look at me. But I don't want them here. Why are they here? Why in the presence of your enemies? First, to build your faith. To build your faith. Therefore, your benefit. So you'll be reminded that God will sustain you. Because he never promised to remove them. He only promised to provide and to sustain you. 
Why are they here? To watch you shine. Can you imagine that? They have to watch you dine with the Father. They have to watch you live in the goodness of God. That's got to be torturous, right? Like the, the worst, I'm sure the worst punishment for Braxton would have to be to sit there and watch us all eat ice cream and he can't have any. That's got to be torturous, right? To have to watch all, all that goodness and you just can't do nothing about it. It's to watch you shine. Why else are they here? To watch you worship. Remember, God will be glorified. It's all for him to be glorified. And, and when you sit and dine in his presence and, and take of the word of God, that's worship. And they have to watch you worship and watch God be glorified in your life. And one more, why are they here? To expose them. Mm. God doesn't want you blindsided. He wants them exposed. You know that song, um, This Is How I Fight My Battles? The lyrics to that song literally say, this is how I fight my battles, at your table. At your table. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I am surrounded by you. It may look like they're surrounding you, but who's at the table with you surrounding them? Amen? Amen. In the presence of your enemies, there's purpose why they're there. Don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Don't give the enemy a seat at your table. See, the devil is close by. Throwing darts, throwing darts of thoughts, hoping one of them is going to stick. Because that's how he gets a seat, is through your mind. That's the only way he can get a seat at your table is when you give him permission with your mind. And he's going to throw. We have... We have random thoughts hit us all the time, right? We don't have control over every thought. You ever have those thoughts? We like, God, I swear I had nothing to do with that. I don't know where that came from. Oh my gosh, please forgive me. That's real. That happens. But you do have complete control over the next one. Hmm. You may not have control. We don't have control always over that first one. But you have complete control over the second one. Do you give that first one any, any permission to keep going. So he's sitting at the table and he's close by and he's just throwing, hoping something will stick. And it kind of looks like this. Sitting at the table and a thought, random thought comes, oh man, you forgot to call Pastor Trina back again. The, the correct response would be, oh man, Jesus, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. I will call her back tonight and apologize. She's so sweet. She'll, she'll forgive me back into the presence of God. That's how you ignore him. That's how you don't give him a seat. The wrong response would be, I forgot to call Pastor Trina back again. Oh, man, I can't do nothing right. Now she's going to hate me. She's never going to forgive me. She's going to be offended. I I do this all the time. What is wrong with me? Hmm. He just... Now, all of a sudden, he comes over here and says, why, thank you, Michelle. Let me just join you for a little bit here since you gave me a seat. Now, let me just start digging into your provision because I'm not going to stop now. You gave me a seat. So let's just keep going on there. All right, let's see what we can do next. Uh, and, and he's sympathetic. Oh, he's, he's not aggressive. 
He's clever. He will, he will act like he's on your side because he will, he will add to your wallop in your self-pity. It's not your fault, Michelle. People ask too much of you. I don't know how you do it all anyway. I wouldn't call her back. Just forget about it. You've got too much to do. Was that your, did, did your boss, was he a jerk again? I thought I heard him being a jerk again. How do you handle him? I'd have done giving him a piece of my mind by now. You know, you just, you take on way too much. I don't know how you do that. And don't you think God should have answered your prayers by now? I mean, what is he waiting for? You've been praying forever. Does he not care? Here, have a cupcake. You deserve it, honey. You know what? You deserve too. I don't know how you do all of this. Just go ahead. Just, just enjoy. Just eat them. Just enjoy. All oh, takes it all. Took all my courage. Took all my truth. Took all my joy. Just because I let him sit at my table. Mm. He knows. He knows how to tempt you, to distract you from the presence of the Father, and to make you forget that he is a cold-blooded murderer. He acts like your friend. To make you forget who he really is. A cold-blooded murderer. He anoints my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Just sit on that for a second and think about that. And that was custom then, to that the host would anoint the, the head of the would anoint the person with oil as they were hosting. Father God, anointing you with oil. And your cup runneth over because you'll never lack. The provision will never run out. It will never run dry. Amen? Let's all stand as we close together. <sighs> Linger in God's presence at the table will strengthen you. It'll strengthen your faith, and it'll build up your offense so you won't have to defend. The enemy will keep throwing snowballs at you. He'll keep trying to discourage you, make you afraid, depressed, anxious. But when you linger and you dine on his word, they will have no effect on you. They will have no effect on you. They may be around you, but they can't touch you. Think about that. You, you ever like go to a haunted house? I hope not. Please don't go. But if you've ever gone to one in your life, as a teenager, I went to one. It's horrible. It's just, I, I don't understand it, but it's horrible. But it, the, it, it makes sense. The picture this. Because you go there and the enemies are dressed up in you know, all this nastiness, right? And they can get right up in your face. They get beside you. They get behind you. They get in front of you. But they can't touch you. They can't touch you. And that's what God is telling you. You stay focused on me. You can't focus on the enemy. You stay at the table with me. You will only see them, but they can't come any closer. Linger. There's purpose in your enemies being present because they have to watch as you dine on God's goodness. They have to watch as you dine on his goodness and his provision for you. 
Don't give the enemy a seat at your table because if you give him your mind, he will take your life. I encourage you to start this year with being more aware of the thoughts that you entertain because that is his only doorway. That is his only move is to your thoughts. Realigning your thinking with God's thinking is a process, right? It, it's a process. You take one day at a time. You take one scripture at a time. Meditate one at a time. And I promise you, before long, you will be running to the table every day for more, for more, and for more. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for every scripture is so powerful and it's so purposeful. And I thank you, Lord, that you love us so much and you want to fellowship for us with us so much that you didn't just prepare it, but you sat. You said, I'm right here. I'm not going anywhere. I'm the creator of time. I haven't set an alarm clock on, your, on the gathering at the table, but you can dine as long as you want because Father God won't get up until you do. that we lack nothing. We eat the good of the land because you go above and beyond, exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. You know our needs before we do. You know what we'll need for today before we do. And you have it, you have it ready. You have it waiting. Thank you. Thank you for being so intentional to knowing us so well that you prepared it specifically for each of us, for each of us. I pray, Lord, as we begin this new year, that you remind us that you are a good shepherd, that you are our good shepherd, that you care for us, and that you dine with us, and that you love us. Thank you for your presence. All it takes to be offered a seat at the table is to repent. To repent of your sins and to take God's gracious invitation as his come. I just want to be your father. I just want to be your savior. I just want to dine with you. Once you do that, the enemy will move out. His chair will be behind you, and he has to watch as you celebrate your new life. And if you've not done that before, today could be the first day of your new life. Just pray with us. Say this prayer from your heart. That's what he's looking for. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. I am so sorry. Thank you for loving me, waiting for me, and being patient with me. I come to the table and declare you as my Lord, and my Savior, and my Shepherd. And from this day on, I will come to the table every day and do my very best to live for you 
and to stay focused on you. In Jesus' name, amen. It was a pleasure starting off the new year with all of you, my family. There's nowhere else I'd rather be today. We did pray today, but their prayer um, is always open. We always enjoy praying with you. There is power in prayer. I promise you there is power in agreement. So we will still be up here again right now to pray with you if you have any further needs. We love you. We bless you and we're looking forward. It's going to be a fantastic year. It is going to be big, fun, fantastic year. Amen? Live right, love everyone, and pray hard. God bless you.